So a couple of years ago, uh, I think it was 2016, I was doing a parish mission up in Dublin. And uh, it was in a place called Berkeley Road. It's the parish where Mount Joy is. Uh, so a very wonderful parish. Um, a parish with a lot of... Uh, it's a very a, a, a challenging parish because um, an awful lot of people come there for cheap accommodation. So there are actually very few Irish people in large portions of, of the parish at all. Um, so, and they're resident there for a time. They come in and, and they leave again. So you're... Your, your congregation is constantly changing. So it's a, a challenging parish to work in. So we're doing the parish mission there anyway. And it was, um, it was going, all going very well. One of the evening masses uh, I was celebrating, and uh, so I introduced the mass and um, the opening prayer. And I saw a man come in uh, the back of the church and a bit stressed or a bit kind of nervous, like, like, he, was, like he was late. You know, he was wearing a three-quarter length leather jacket. And... Uh, so, you know, you're, as you're, you're celebrating Mass, I mean, just so you know, we can see everything from up here. Like, we, <laughs> you notice everything. You notice, well, I notice everything. You notice everything, everything from up here. So, so you celebrate Mass, but I can still see him. Like, you know, you're looking over here, but you can still see him walking up. So he started walking towards the sanctuary here. And, uh, and then he got up, perfectly punctual for the reading. So I presumed he was stressed because he was late for mass, but then he was coming up through the reading. So I said, so he came over and I said, yeah, so it's just, just here, then just here. Uh, and he said, yes, I have something to say. And I said, yep, yep, there you go. <laughs> and I pointed it out. So I, I walked away and then he said, hello. And I thought, oh no, oh, he's, not, <laughs> he's not doing the reading at all. And he said, hello, I am Muslim. Now, this was around about the time that French priest in 2016 was killed in Nice. Uh, down in, in the south of France, uh, while celebrating Mass. So three-quarter length, leather jacket, man coming in, perspiring, looking kind of stressed, who says, right at the beginning of Mass, I am Muslim. I thought the next thing I was going to hear was, boom. <laughs> right? I was expecting the next thing it will be a massive explosion, which will take me out. And, um, and my, my life briefly flashed before my eyes. And more and more, more my life flashed before my eyes. Um, this question or this statement crossed my mind. I'm not ready to go. I, I, I'm not, no, you can't blow me up. I'm not ready to go yet. I'm not ready to go. I was just like, I was like I just, it really kind of struck me. I'm actually really not ready yet. I'm really not ready to meet the Lord yet. Uh, now, as it happens, the man continued, and he said, Hello, my, 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 I am Muslim, and outside this church I have good experience, I have beautiful experience, and I want to share. I was like, yeah, that's, that's wonderful. Not now, mate. And so then someone came up and helped me just kind of escort him back off the sanctuary, and then the petrified lady, who was actually supposed to be doing the reading, came forward, and Mass continued as normal. Uh, but just that, 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 that stuck with me, though. Just like... In that moment, I, I recognize I'm really not ready to go. As in, I, I don't want to meet the Lord now because I don't, feel, I don't feel like I've done half enough. I don't feel ready. I don't feel uh, prepared. Maybe it's because of my age. And maybe as, as, as the years move on, like we do think about these things a little more. But I don't think a lot about death, personally. But in that moment, it struck me. Why aren't I ready? Because we should be. I should be. Every day of my life, I should be ready to go. I should be ready to meet the Lord. Because if not, what am I waiting for? As in, 
When, when am I hoping to start living in a way that has me ready for heaven? When I hit 70, 80, and what if I don't get there? When, when should we start living as if today is our last day? Well, now. Because we really don't know how long we have. But then you see, even if we did know how long we have, even if I knew I have 20, 30, 40, 50 years, still, why waste today? Why, why, why make today less than it could be? Why not love today? Why not serve today? I was just thinking uh, of, I can't mention any names, but uh, someone came to visit our house years ago. Uh, so I was a teenager. And it was interesting because they spoke with my parents about all sorts of different topics. Um, and so they spoke about politics, right? Politics. All the politicians are useless. And then they spoke about the church. All the priests are useless. And then they spoke about his son after getting a new car. Sure, all them new modern cars are useless. All rubbish. And then they started talking about the neighbours. Sure, them, that family there, sure, God bless us and save us. You couldn't trust them as far as you could throw them. And then uh, there was a, my dad was talking about a new, I don't know, a new power tool that he got. I should bless us, they're useless. Now, says this, this fella, the, you know, the guest. It's really interesting. Can he say anything positive at all? Like, can, I mean, can he? I must, I must try, like, you know what I mean? So then mom came out with an apple tart, and I was going, go on, I dare you now. <laughs> I dare you be negative now, <laughs> right? And, and so, well, he ate the tart and didn't say much, right? But, but I just thought, it actually must be really, it must be really miserable to spend your day just listing all of the negative things that you see. Because, I mean, I just, I mean, see, as we live, as, as, we, as we progress in our lives, we're supposed to be learning to live, move, think, react more and more like the Lord. So we're supposed to be just, being Christian doesn't mean being part of this club where Jesus is the head. It means becoming part of his body. So it, becomes, it means becoming like him, right? So we're supposed to become more and more like, Christ-like in our actions, in our behavior, and in our reactions. So, I mean, does Jesus see the flaws and the negativity and the weaknesses and the frailty of people? Of course he does. Of course he does. Does Jesus see the merits, the value, the, the, the beauty, the, the goodness, the virtue? Of course he does. So, we're called to do the same. So yes, we see the person's negativity, sorry, the person's limitations and, and what they cannot do. And, and we also see the positive. My question is, though, which do we choose to say? So which do you choose to, to spread? Which do we choose to make known to others? Which do we choose to comment on? Which do we choose to hold on to? Because the fact of the matter is every single one of us has limitations and has faults and flaws. That's without exception, all of us. And thankfully, all of us, every single one of us, have things that we're actually good at too. You know, there's, there's virtue in there, in every single heart, in every single person, to some degree. People who'd be more virtuous than me in many ways, people who'd be more prayerful or more serving or, or able to choose joy better than me. You know, so it's, it's wonderful like, to be surrounded by people who you can say, this person is more virtuous than me in, in, in this way and that way. So... Our choice then, on a daily basis, is, is which do I vocalize, which do I share, which do I speak? Because our words have power. Our words have power to build and to destroy. So what do I choose to do? 
the Lord never tells us we have to be blind to, to people's flaws, but he says we have to be merciful, which means we see them. We see them, but we, we choose to be merciful, to see all to their goodness, their, and to spread that, to speak the goodness. Because negativity, I find negativity is blinding. If, if, if you're negative, if, if, the more negative we are, you begin to become more and more blind to all the good that's out there. So say, like, you know, if there is a person who has a flaw, if, if we focus on, on the flaw, all you will see is the flaw. This person slurps their tea. And every time she walks into the room, you're, oh, here we go, you're bracing yourself, you're bracing yourself. She's going to sit down, she's after pouring the milk, hold on, three, two, uh, right? And then if she walks into the chapel, I said, the slurper, there's the slurper. And that's all you see, this one very minute and completely irre- irrelevant right, characteristic of this person, the slurper, right? But then there are also like maybe more serious things, like a person who... who uh, maybe could be a little more helpful, could be more loving, could be more who, I don't know what. Maybe a person who's actually even hurt you in your family. And all we see is, is, is that negative word they said, is that negative experience that we had with them. And you just, we're blinded to everything else. Now that's, it, this, this, this can happen all, it can happen to me, it can happen to anyone. But negativity blinds us. Negativity will blind us to the goodness of the other. And then imagine then if, if that starts to take you over, it means that everything you see, every person you see, is only a collection of faults, failures, and mistakes. So every person you're dealing with is a problem, not a person, not a soul, not, 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 not someone that can be loved. But everything and every person, everything that surrounds you, I mean, no, nothing is perfect. This house, I mean, you can look at it and go, this house is fantastic, it's absolutely amazing. Or you can say, this house is pretty cold, occasionally drafty. It's very, it's very, like, it needs to be rewired. Thank God it has a new roof, but it's going to need new plumbing. And, you know, you can, which do you choose to say? Which do we choose to say? But, again, it's far more important when it comes to people, whatever about things, when it comes to people. Which do I choose to say? Which do I choose to spread? And why am I focusing on that today? Because... If the Lord says, a time will come and you will long to see the days of the Son of Man and you will not see it. And they will say, look here, look there, make no move. Do not set off in pursuit. For as lightning flashing from one part of heaven lights up the other soul, the Son of Man, when his day comes. So the the day of the Son of Man, Jesus' day is coming. The day is coming when I will meet him. And I don't think many of us will have the opportunity to do great things for the Lord before we die. I mean, maybe some of you will die martyrs. I, I would find it quite unlikely. Maybe some of you will become great theologians and publish great theological works. Again, no offence to you, but unlikely. <laughs> but but, but the, day, the, the daily experience of what comes out of my mouth, that's something common to every single one of us. What do I vocalize? What do I say? Do I choose to spread the negative or do I choose to recognize the negative in the person but still speak the positive? Still speak what is affirming. And I mean, there's a sister in, in my community. Uh, she won't be watching this homily so I can mention her name. She'll never see it. Um, but her name is Sister Angela. And she, she worked in the, the mother house, the formation house for the sisters. And she is such a hard-working sister, you know. 
they're up at the crack of dawn to pray. But if ever we, as priests or seminarians, were traveling to the Mother House, which is a 13-hour drive from Rome, so we'd generally get in late at night, she'd come down from the chapel or wherever she was, and she'd have the meal out, and you could see the big blue bags under her eyes, right? She'd be wrecked. But she'd love and she'd serve. And how are you getting on? How was the trip? Is everything okay? Can I get you anything else to eat? Uh, we have some, um, some cake left over in the fridge now from yesterday. I'll bring that out to you now. Anybody like ice cream? Do you know, and treat you like you're a million dollars. And you know she's tired. You can see she's tired. But she chooses to be so positive, to be so affirming. Just wonderful company. But that's not, not merely on the human level. This is something virtuous where we're choosing to see the good, where we're choosing to say the good. And I think the more we do that, the more we begin to see as God sees. The more we begin to see as, as a parent sees their child. The parent sees that the child is covered in muck. The parent sees that the, the child dropped food all over the place. But the, child, the parent also sees the little giggles and the little smiles and the little thank you, mammy, and all those other beautiful things that, that are in that child. It's how God sees us, you know, God who is Father. So when we learn to, to, to speak the positive, while seeing everything else, we do see it, we're not blind. When we start to choose to see that, we're learning mercy, which means we're learning to love like God. And it's something I need to do today. Because the more I do it today, the easier it'll be tomorrow, and the easier it'll be the day after. And then when my time comes to meet him, the help of God, with the help of God, I'll have a merciful heart. I'll have a heart that chooses to see and speak the good. And maybe then we'll be ready to meet the Lord. So we ask him today to teach us to have a merciful gaze. That when the Lord's day come, comes, we will be ready to meet him. Amen.